You're listening to the Northeast Lifestyle Podcast. Today I'm talking to the multi-talented Newcastle singer-songwriter Andrew Cushing. Let's start at the beginning and I'd like to know um, where your love of music comes from. Um, to be honest, I, I never really started to get into music until I was about 15, 16. Uh, music was always playing in the house and stuff. My dad was you know, a big Paul Weller fan and I was always Oasis and stuff playing and my mum had a good voice. Um, but I never became infatuated with music until um until we moved house we moved to a quieter area and i had a little bit more time on my hands and i wasn't i wasn't playing out with my friends and stuff as much um so i suppose the boredom and stuff kind of thrown us into playing the guitar yeah uh, and then once i started learning songs then you know your, your musical knowledge tends to grow and you know okay well i'm gonna learn this song by the beatles now and then say right well who who, who, who are the beatles do you know what i mean so then you go and you divulge into them and then you you, you you find the Beatles and then you find the Stones and you find the Who and then you find the... Do you know what I mean? So it was a bit of a... It was a, a bit of a knock-on effect when it came to finding one band and I'd be finding the others. But I suppose I wasn't... Um, I wasn't infatuated with music to the to the point that I am now until I was probably about 16, 17. Oh, right, OK. And did you teach yourself how to play the guitar or...? or... I, I did, yes, I did. So I was um, so I was always a guitar lying on the house. I think my dad learned the guitar um, years ago. Um, I mean, you couldn't play very. Well. I think you could play Wonderwall, and that was about it. But, um, but yeah, yeah. As I say, I was just boredom. I picked up the guitar, and I think my dad seen us with it, and I think he taught us in A minor, a G, and a D. So he taught us three chords. Um, and then after that, you know, once you suss out where to put your fingers for the first few chords, you can kind of work out the rest. Um, but it's it a tough process. But it's funny because whenever I'm talking to people about learning the guitar and stuff, and they want to learn the guitar, you know, I don't remember anymore being bad at it. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that as I'm a great guitarist by any means, but I don't remember now being poor at the guitar, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I've done it for so long, sort of three, four years, um, I, I, I don't remember a time when I couldn't play it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah so, so he taught me first few chords and it kind of took off from there. And I, I understand that your passion for football went some way to igniting your musical career. Yes, um, coming from Newcastle and stuff, it's, 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 I suppose it's a little bit of an uh, underlying rule that you've got to show some interest in the football team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I played for newcastle Benfield, which is obviously where I met Lee, uh, me, 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 me now manager. Um, unfortunately, I had to give up the whole football thing when the music started to take shape because I was a goalkeeper. Um, you know, kind of risk breaking my fingers and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, if it wasn't for me... Coaching and playing down at Benfield, I never would have met Lee, um, which, you know, in hindsight would have meant that he never would have came to any of my gigs and then I wouldn't have been signed up. So I suppose football's got a big a big part to play in it as well. Yeah, I mean, your career is just moving so quickly and you've come so far in such a such a, um, a, a short period of time. How has that been? Do you know, it's quite crazy. I was, um, I was with a couple of mates last night and, and they were asking, like, you know, how has it gone from you playing... Because I was in the social club where, you know, I'd done the first gig, and they went, how's it gone from you playing this social club to, you know, 1,200 tickets in the boiler shop and, mm-hmm. you know, these big supports and all that? And I try not to think about it too much because it does blow my mind, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've had the same conversation with Sam Fender, and, you know, he says, um, you know, because he, he, he'd been going for a couple of years as well. Mm-hmm. And he says he doesn't know, something just clicks and for whatever reason the songs I'm writing are beginning to resonate with people, which I, I believe is why we're selling tickets and all that kind of stuff. But it is mad, like I had, 
um, I had a bit of a think, and if you take away the lockdown, so if you take away the 12-month lockdown, yeah. I've effectively gone from playing in a social club to playing in the boiler shop in 12 months, in like, yeah. it's like 12, 18 months, which is ludicrous, completely ridiculous, and it does blow my mind. But I suppose you've just got to keep your head kind of on the ground because there's, there's a lot... There's a long, long way to go yet, do you know what I mean? So I don't want to be too transfixed in what I've done so far. I want to keep my sights set going higher. And all that yeah, kind of exactly. I don't blame you. So, so like, growing up, sort of musical heroes, who who do you would you aspire to, to sort of, like, like or be like? Uh, musical heroes, I mean, Paul Weller's massively up there. Mm-hmm. Um, John Lennon. So much so, you know, when you hit your late teens and that kind of stuff and you start really divulging the Beatles that's it done. but from a young age you know it was Paul Weller Noel Gallagher uh, Bob Dylan massive Bob Dylan fan Neil Young uh, Donovan um, and obviously when you see how successful people like Jake Bug and stuff have been when it's you know just a man and a guitar then you kind of help but take inspiration from that um, and I mean just I suppose seeing what Sam's done yeah. I don't want to jump up the back end of another Geordie musician <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can't you, you can't not be inspired, and you can't not be impressed by seeing people from the area do well. So I suppose all of anybody that um, writes their own music and you know can stand on stage without a band as well as being with one. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. You know, someone like that's always going to inspire inspire me, should I say? Yeah. And talking about your musical heroes, you did catch the attention of Noel Gallagher. So how was that? Um. Yeah. Again, that's something else that I try not to think about because it'll just <laughs> you know, totally loopy. Um, my manager Lee, long yeah. story short, used to work for uh, for for an air, a, a, like a flight company in yeah. London, and um, and used to sort out all the big bands with flights and you know the well-known names and that kind of stuff. And one of Noel Gallagher's guitars went missing on an aeroplane. So this is 2004. So I would have been, you know, just coming out in nappies. <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever reason, Lee came across Noel's guitar and sent it back to him. I believe they made a little bit of a friendship and stuff from that and um, you know we've been 13 years later so 2018 um, I've met Lee through football and that kind of stuff and I'd done a gig uh, at the social club that I was in yesterday um, and I played uh, Waiting for the Rain at this gig and Lee recorded it on his phone and for whatever reason um, I think he's admitted he had couple of glasses of wine and he um and he decided to send this video to Noel Gallagher to the point where he rang me. I think I nearly fell off my chair. And um and I thought, well it's, it's ridiculous like you've sent him it but fair play, I mean he's not gonna get in touch. But an hour later he got back in touch and um and if I'm being honest with you, I was just hoping uh, because he rang us and he was like, Listen mate, Noel's replied and I, in the back of my mind I was thinking, right, I hope he's actually gonna say that I'm not very good because I can put that on Facebook, because it was at the point when, you know, I was skint, I was wanting to try and get some gigs, and I thought, I can put that on Facebook, and it's half decent exposure, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get, get the lad that Noel Gallagher doesn't like in your bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, everybody's amazing, man. He, he, he turned around and he said that he liked the tune, and that, you know, he, he wanted to hear something else, so we sent him a couple of rough demos, and then he put one in contact with um, with Ted, Ted Cockle, who was a, a virgin EMI at the time, and, you know, he kind of sorted out this whole musical pathway, and then when it came to releasing the next tune, which was Where's My Family Gone, yeah. we wanted a, um, a good producer, and we asked Noel if he could uh, recommend anyone. And again, to everybody's total astonishment, he said he'd do it. Um, so we've got to go down the studio for five or six days, I think it was. Um, I've met him up. I've, I've, I've met him since. 
uh, speak to them, you know, now and again. I'm in a group chat and stuff for them, and I know that he's always there if I ever need any uh, any advice when it comes to guitars or amps or you know just music in general. So he's a he's a good man, and I definitely owe him a lot. Do you know what? That is such a fantastic opportunity for someone, you know, just starting out in their career to have someone like that that can just go, yeah, this is what you need to do or, you know, give you some direction. That is amazing. Yeah, it's totally, totally, it's actually, I try not to think about it too much because it does, you know, it is ridiculous. Like, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and he said, um, you know, kind of, how do you feel like that? Noel's one of my heroes and like, and he's, you know, the bloke I was talking to was like in his late 50s and I thought, even if my musical career doesn't go any further now, do you know what I mean? Even if I'm back in a nine-to-five job in six weeks' time, mm-hmm. you know, I've done something with Noel at the age of, you know, I was only 20. Yeah. That it, it, it's going to, you know, shape the rest of my life, regardless if I stay in music or not, do you know what I mean? I, that, that's something I can tell the kids, that's something I can tell the grandkids, that's something that people three times older than me would have, have dreamt of, do you know what I mean? And I've done it at such a young age, I can't... I kind of be disappointed if my musical career doesn't go any any further. Yeah, oh, I mean, well, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will because your fourth single, Memories, is amazing, and there's such a lot of realism in your songs. And I think that's you've already mentioned that you know that your music is starting to resonate with with people, and it, and it's true. Um, and I think that Memories is no exception to that. Um, what, what actually inspired that song? Um, what's your songwriting process? It's such a cliche thing, I know that to, to say, I know that all the um, all the broken through artists and stuff say, but the best songs really do just come out of, you know, sitting down and they just literally fall out of the sky and they take 10 minutes to write and that's it. Now we've got a big, <laughs> it's a bit of an odd story, but we've got a big chest freezer upstairs. Yeah. It's like one of them ridiculously sized, like, restaurant chest freezers that you could fit a body in. <laughs> If, if intended, it's huge. So we've got one of them, and my mum's working from home at the minute. So I was sat in the, uh, I was, I was sat in my room, I was playing the guitar, and my mum's working from home downstairs, and uh, it's a person room, and she was, I'm not going to say the exact words I just said because they're quite choice, but um, she basically said, "Stop playing the guitar, else I'm going to smash you over your face." So, um, so I took the guitar and I went and sat on this chest freezer upstairs in the spare room, this big massive chest freezer, and the first thing I'd done was the little riff at the beginning of Memories and I thought that sounds alright actually and um, and I kind of messed on with it for you know five minutes I got it in like the right key and then I've done what I always do when I've got a little bit of uh, when, when I've got a little bit of something in a song I just try and play it out so I've literally played Memories from start to finish I think that song took about 25 minutes the chorus I don't know where that chorus came from because at first I couldn't I, if I, for quite a while I really didn't like that chorus I thought it was too simple because it's just two big notes really mm-hmm. um, but then you know as I started to break it down and rewrite the lyrics and stuff after half an hour you know, I came down and it's my mum's favourite song it's my manager's favourite song um, yeah I, I, I don't know for, for whatever reason um Obviously, male mental health was massively, you know, being uh, you know pushed by the media and stuff at that point. I know that you know male suicide and stuff were on the road, which is obviously horrific. And, yeah. Um. You know, I, I had this conversation again with somebody last night. I must have had a lot of conversations last night. I tell you, but. <laughs> 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 but um, and I said it, it. It's so. It's so unfortunate, and this is the only way I can explain it. But if I was to get married tomorrow, um, and have kids. You know, my responsibilities then would change from a singer-songwriter to you've got to provide for your family. Yeah. You've got to provide for your kids. 
you've got to be a financial and an emotional support for your wife. Anything goes wrong in the house, you've got to turn into a handyman. You know, the kids want to go to school. Yeah. You've got to get up and take them in the car. Do you know what I mean? And your responsibilities instantly change just because you're a man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it might not necessarily be a good thing. Some people are more suited to it than others. And the, I think the problem is, you know, the people that aren't suited to those roles... You know, yeah. really suffering, and then in the height of the lockdown and stuff as well, people were losing their jobs. You know, people were getting stuck in the house having to homeschool their kids, and I just think the pressure on men in general was just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I didn't feel it as much as other men did because you know I haven't got those kind of responsibilities, but I couldn't I couldn't begin to imagine you know just losing your job. Yeah. You know, worried if you're going to be able to keep your house, and then on top of that, you know, you've got your wife to look after, and you've got your kids to look after, and you've got this one. And, no, it's the whole weight of the world thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And and, and obviously you've got the, the fa- amazing video that goes along with it. Did you have input into what how that actually turned out? Or, or, oh, of course. Or, of yeah. course. I mean, I, I, I absolutely, I can't stress this enough, despise doing videos. Do you? It's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but this one, this one was quite special because obviously the old man in the video was my granda. Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Lush. So we put him in one of my Stone Island jackets. I gave him a ring, but bless him, man. He's Because uh, his hands are like shovels, right? I haven't got very big hands. So he couldn't get me ring on the same finger that I wear it, which is why he's got it on his, on his uh, pinky finger. Right. Um, yeah, but the story behind it is obviously he's meant to be, you know, at the bar, and he's looking back on when he sang memories as me with the band. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. meant to be me. Um but it was great. It was, as I say, as much as I hate doing uh, music videos, that one was all right because it was, it, it was, it was a nice experience to see me granddad, you know, play a part in it. And obviously, it was the, it, he got to come down with the rest of the family and see all the flashing lights and you know, crew. And yeah. I, mean, I think it was quite a proud day for them as well. So uh, it was, it was good. But no, it was, it was definitely my idea to do it. I think the producer wanted to do. Uh, the club shutting down or something like that. I, I, I kind of wasn't too keen on that because it it involves more acting parts from me, so you know, I kind of wasn't into that. But uh, no, I, I, I think it turned out well. It's, it's 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 a nice video. Oh, that's brilliant! And, and can I ask you about your sort of like your live performances as well? Because um, do you prefer live performance or being in the re- studio recording? What what what's your favourite? Uh, I mean, it's a hard one. Eh? It's like talking to you. I mean, you can't have one or the other. Sorry, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say, sorry. I'm gonna say I uh, prefer playing live. Yeah. Because um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love being in a studio, but I think the perks of being in a studio is if you make a mistake, you know, you can quite easily overdub it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think we're in a position now with the, with the technology and the desks and stuff, and you know, the compressors and the monitors and stuff that you have in studios that you know anybody can sound good in the studio, as you can hear by listening to the charts. Do you know what I mean? You can't yeah. tell me that people in those charts can sing because it totally baffles me. It's just auto-tune death. I was going to say, you're not going to go down the route of auto-tune, are you please? Not with your lovely voice. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think when you're performing live, you know, you only get one chance, and it could be the best gig in the world, it could be the worst gig in the world, or it could just be all right. Whereas in the studio, you can kind of cheat it. And if the song doesn't come out the way that you want in the studio, you can always scrap it and start again. You can't do that with live, do you know what I mean? All yeah. it takes is for one person now to have their iPhone on. If you make a mistake, that mistake's there forever, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... I have to say, I do prefer performing live. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, Can I talk about just just quickly about you? Um, you obviously, a lot of your gigs got cancelled last year because of COVID and all that. But um, you've got a tour booked for this one. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes, um, so the tickets are on sale now. I'm going to try and plug it as best I can now. So the tickets are on sale now um, <laughs> on, on, my, on my website. It's, it's uh, something, something, Um So we're playing, we're doing uh, Sunderland first. Yes. It's going to be an eye-opener of a gig. So we're doing Sunderland, then the day after we've got the Boiler Shop gig. Then we're playing King Tut in Glasgow. We've also got Manchester, um, Stockton, Leeds, and Scunthorpe, and then in between that, we've got a lot of festivals and stuff as well. But um, yeah, if anybody wants to go buy tickets, feel free. It'd be it'd be great to see uh, to see as many people there. The tickets are starting to uh, go a little bit faster now. I know that Manchester's selling pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we'll just see how they sell. I think uh, King King Tut will be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. venue's good. Yeah, that'll be quite iconic, obviously, with the whole Oasis thing and some of the big bands over the years that have played there. So I suppose that one will be pretty good. But then, as I say, the Boiler Shop gig will be amazing as well, 1,200 people. And then we've got a massive Newcastle show uh, set up for next year as well, which I think we'll be announcing at the back end of this year. But that's, like, huge again. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. So I was just going to say, I was just going to say, plans for the future, and dare I mention the word album to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, everybody asks about an album, but I'm a strong believer in, you know, if you haven't got the following behind you... Um, you know, you're effectively playing to an empty crowd. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think people like Lewis Capaldi and Sam Fender and stuff. Their their, their albums, although they're great, but their albums were always destined to go at number one, or they were yeah. destined to do well based on the popularity that they had by the time of releasing it. Do you know what I mean? Sam's yeah. and stuff's the same. Um, so I'd like to build up a little bit more of a following. So I'm going to say maybe 2024, perhaps for an album, gives us a gives us enough time to still enjoying myself but I've got to do something really really hard <laughs> in, yeah. um, in future yeah I've lost so many gigs and stuff with Covid so th- this year I'm really 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 just want to gig 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 and gig I know that my band are the same we just can't wait to get out on the road get playing again um, yeah and, and, and just uh, try to build um, you know the, the, the hype uh, that, that we went with uh, before the lockdown and stuff just try and regain a little bit of that momentum and uh, and just keep on pushing on, I suppose. Well, that's brilliant. Well, I just think I just think with your the, your new single memories, you're heading in the right direction. It's absolutely superb, and I wish you all the luck for that. So, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. No problem. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Northeast Lifestyle Magazine podcast. <laughs>